Hi, I'm Kelly Ayotte, and you're listening to American Sunshine. Hi, I'm Jay Lucas, and welcome to American Sunshine, the podcast, where we talk about uh, inspirational stories, the power of the human spirit, and the great revitalization of our, our towns and our communities all across New Hampshire and across America. And I'm so delighted today to be joined by a wonderful person, a friend, um, former Senator Kelly Ayotte, who uh, is, is that, but she's so much more in so many ways. Uh, the first and only female attorney general in the state of New Hampshire, uh, a, before that a practicing attorney, now very involved in so many worthy causes, a mother of two, a wife, and just a really busy person and a great, great person, Kelly Ayotte. Welcome to American Sunshine. It is so great to be with you, Jay, and I just love uh, the whole Sunshine Report and your project. You and Karen doing an amazing job. Well, thanks for saying that. What we're trying to do actually is just bring a positivity and a spirit and, and this kind of positive energy that if you can get everybody motivated and moving in a great direction, I, I just think there's so much we can accomplish um, in, our, in our small towns, like my hometown of Newport, which you know, in New Hampshire and really uh, across the country as well. And I admire, um, you know, your career has just been so, I think, so great. Um, and, you know, I've got to, I've got to ask you, what, what was it, what was it like um, be, being really the first female attorney general and that whole experience getting, working as a, a practicing attorney and then being attorney general? What, what was it, explain for our audience a little bit what that transition was like. And, and I get a sense that you really enjoyed that. That was a really great uh moment in your career. Yeah, no, being the Attorney General of New Hampshire was uh, really the best job. And, you know, the funny thing is, is that I remember uh, when I was basically had the chance to meet Warren Rudman, who had been Attorney General and then a U.S. Senator, when I was thinking about running for the U.S. Senate, and I had this great job as Attorney General, and I went to see, uh, you know, Senator Rudman, and he said to me, oh, you have the best job right now. <laughs> And, you know, I think he was very right in the sense that you have broad responsibility as the chief law enforcement officer. So you oh, were yeah. very closely with the police. And, you know, before I was AG, you know, my career was a, I was a murder prosecutor. So, you know, I had worked in the trenches with uh, many of our, our great law enforcement in New Hampshire. And then you have also the chief legal officer. So you work with all the state agencies you basically, when a legal pro uh, issue crosses your desk, uh, and you've got a whole team there, obviously, of lawyers, and so it was a great privilege to work in that job, and you just never knew what was going to cross your desk, but uh, it was very rewarding. Well, you know, I can only imagine. I mean, as attorney general, it's such a broad set of responsibilities, but also it's, it's, you're running a department. You're, you're being a sort of a chief executive of a, of a department where you can really get things done, and, and before I come back to that, I do I want to share one quick story it's my warren redmond story um and i love i love the fact that you had gone to warren um because he was a he was just a great great new i was gonna say great new hampshire uh a leader but also really a national leader and my experience with warren redmond goes back to the 1970s if you can believe it 
when I was elected to the New Hampshire legislature, I had run when I was only 19 years old. Oh, that's and, I, and in my first term, I found myself uh, on the House Judiciary Committee. And who in the world might be our attorney general but Warren Redmond? And uh, coming into you know, my committee, I'm, I'm just this very young legislator, but it's my committee. And Warren's coming into my committee to testify. And of course, who is, who's his assistant at that time? But it's, it's David Souter. David Souter. And, then, and then, then who's really their assistant is Tom Rath. <laughs> and, and, and it goes way back. But I, I love what you did. And, and, um, and so being attorney general, what were some of the experiences there that you know, shaped you? Because I, I know you argued, I believe you argued at the U.S. Supreme Court. I did. Uh, you know, I argued a case for the U.S. Supreme Court. You know, one of the jobs of the attorney general is to defend the law that's passed by the legislature when it's challenged. And New Hampshire had passed a parental notification case, and that got challenged in federal court. And I defended it uh, all the way up to the United States Supreme Court. So, uh, you know, when I got the case, it had uh, actually at the circuit court level, it had we had lost there and then I filed a petition for certiorari and lo and behold, the court takes very few cases, but um, I ended up, they ended up taking that case and I argued it. Uh, so, so, you know, one of the interesting things about, you know, being attorney general is, you know, again, you know, part of your, your job is sort of to not only defend the law, your, your job isn't to make the law as attorney general, it's really to defend what the legislature does and to respect their role. Uh, but also, you know, you have kind of a, I think, a problem solving function as the attorney general, you've got a large, uh, you know, got a, basically a law office that you run. Um, and I had, you know, investigators and things like that. So when there'd be problems, sometimes that needed to be resolved in state government, you know, people would call on you to try to, uh, you know, work through those problems. Well, you know, the, um, and then you did the, then amazingly, you, you actually I don't know if you followed Warren, Warren, advice, Warren Rubman's advice or actually didn't follow it, but but you moved on from being attorney general to the United States Senate, and we were very proud of you uh, in um, in representing us in the Thank Senate. You. And what let's just talk a little bit about that that ca the campaign that that in 2010. What was that like? And because I remember that it was a a um, uh, a, a hard fought campaign, and then you, you entered the U.S. Senate and being a, a freshman senator. Yeah, Tell no, us a little bit about that experience. Yeah, you know, as you know, the attorney general is appointed in New Hampshire. Uh, and, you know, and I had the, the privilege of being appointed originally by Governor Benson. And I served briefly as his legal counsel. And then I was reappointed by Governor Lynch. And so I, I had always been in an appointed position. So my first run for elective office was the United States Senate. <laughs> wow. And, um, you know, my husband and I laugh about it because we had no idea, you know, what it what it would entail to run for office, but what an experience you run for office, you know, to be able to get around the state and to meet people that you've never met before um, in different areas of the state and to hear what's on their mind. And so you meet uh, some people, some amazing people in New Hampshire. And that, that was the thing I thought was most enjoyable to learn from them, to listen to them, and then also to uh, have the privilege when you get elected of representing them. And then you go to Washington and you know, keeping that kind of live for your die spirit down there, because uh, you know, I, I never moved to Washington. We we have two kids. We kept raising them in New Hampshire. I I would commute down there, an apartment down there, but always came back to New Hampshire as soon as I could because I thought that was so important, you know, to my representation there. Uh, but it, it's quite 
quite an experience and uh, what a privilege. And, you know, I think even now, fortunately, I have the blessing of, you know, running into people that you have an opportunity to help uh, when, when you're serving. Uh, and, you know, sometimes it's just a problem they have with the federal government or the bureaucracy or whether it's the Veterans Administration, <laughs> whatever it is. And unfortunately, there's too, too many of those. But, uh, you know, those are the things I remember most and cherish the most. Well, now you you were in a way you were actually trying to keep three lives going at the same time in a, in a sense. You, you had your new you had your life in the U.S. Senate, you had your constituent sort of life in New Hampshire, and they're trying to blend those two lives, and then blending a family life, which is the third life. Right. And the juggling, um, I think we can only imagine what that's like, sort of being a U.S. senator in the day to day. And just what, walk us through, what, what's a day in the life of Kelly Ayotte as a U.S. Senator like? Um, how does that work? You get up at what time, you do what? And, and yeah. some of it's unpredictable, of course, and you get all these lines. How does it work? Right. So, you know, when, when I got elected to the Senate, our kids were three and six years old. So, you know, I, first of all, my husband is heroic in so many ways um, <laughs> and he was, he's an awesome dad. And, you know, also he served in the military. So he very much, you know, believes service is a big part of our family and, and part of who we are. Uh, I give him great credit, but so, you know, for me, it just depend, would depend on the day. If I, if I were in New Hampshire, just like most moms, it would start, you know, early getting up with the kids and, you know, you're, you're up by at least, at least six, if not earlier, and you're, you're getting them uh, ready for their day and, and getting out the door. And then you're rushing out yourself to whether it's to go to a town hall or to go to a business or to meet with a constituent. So that would be the sort of New Hampshire day. Um, and then when I'm in Washington, it was uh, similar in that, you know, a lot of, you know, New Hampshire, a lot of folks come from New Hampshire to visit their elected representatives. Always really important to me. Uh, to be available to them. So part of your day, you get up early. Uh, I like to exercise, so I need to get a little run in. When, when would you fit that in? How did that, right how did that part morning. work? Yeah, I get up early and right in the morning because I, that's the way I get energy for the day. And so, and that's sort of my thinking time. Mm -hmm. Get some exercise in and then off to work. And so usually that day is like literally different meetings and really sometimes you just run in from one thing 15 minute kind meeting. of a whirl a whirl yeah, a whirl and you have hearings obviously you serve on committees i had a privilege of serving on the armed services committee so you know those hearings are very important so you've got to go to your hearings so the day starts early and the day ends late because uh, well, now what what is what is late you, you end at the senate you know probably at different times right but yeah so depending on if there's a vote on the floor you could be at the senate any hour of the day if you've yeah. got something major going on um in terms of legislation i mean i voted on the voterama through the night on the budget where you're voting till three in the morning but you know a typical day isn't isn't like that in terms of votes but uh usually you're in your office you know usually in your office at least till six or seven with meetings and 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 then usually events at night too where people are around and they want to see you so you know your your, your date is usually until at least nine o'clock so um i think <laughs> that yeah sometimes it can be later but you know the the, th the one thing i can say about it is that's why you got to start your day with some exercise so you have some energy to, to go through the whole day I 
Uh, Kelly, I do exactly the same thing. And part of it, it really is, it's, it's both the physical exercise, but it's also the mental, mental, just the clarity and kind of getting ready for the day. And, and, and I find that if I don't do it first thing in the morning, it, the day just gets away from me. It's so hard to uh, fit it in. Yeah. I'm with you on that. And, uh, but it's also great thinking time. Don't you think oh, Jay? Yeah. like it, if you have a problem or something you're trying to solve? I love like doing exercise of any form. Um, is, but I, I do like to run. And sometimes now I do orange theory, but I, I really like to think through what is my day and what is the thing I need to solve that day and it helps you think. Yeah, I'm, I'm totally there. That's probably the most precious part of my day is that that either time running or whenever I'm out there in the mornings right. uh, and no and nothing, nothing is uh, bothering. There's nothing that uh, you just have a great clarity of thought. Yes. It's, it's yeah. really wonderful. And so so and you mentioned the uh, the armed services committee. I know you've been a big supporter of our military. Uh, and I, I applaud that. I mean, that's one of the things we really do care about. So it's so significant. And uh, you've also been supporters of our Children of Fallen Patriots, of our Veterans Count, of all the those great uh, organizations here in New Hampshire. Um, well, which is a and thank you for thing. what you do for Children of Fallen Patriots. It's it's wonderful. And you know, to me, I, I think you feel the same way. Yeah, I, you know, I come from a military family, and then my husband. Uh, you know, served in the Air Force. He was an A-10 pilot. And, but, you know, my granddaughter of a World War II veteran, all of that, it's so important. But, you know, we wouldn't be the country that we are, but for the sacrifices of our men and women, you know, who have defended our freedom. And I just don't think we can ever forget that. And unfortunately, as you know, Jay, um, our veterans and their families and those who serve, they don't always uh, get treated the way they should. And to me, um, taking care of them the way they've taken care of us is, is the least we can do and showing them the respect and, and how grateful we are for them. And, you know, having been attorney general too, I can say I have, I have similar feelings for our law enforcement because they have very dangerous jobs as well. 1000%. I, I couldn't agree with you more. And, you know, I, I think it's so easy for people who are not either in the armed services or not part of our law enforcement or, or public safety, really to take that for granted. Uh, and, and these people are putting themselves in harm's way every single day. Yeah. And uh, we owe them a, a huge amount of gratitude. We do. And you think about like a great day you're having with your family, uh, where you're enjoying this country and everything that's beautiful about it. And we can do that because there are people that keep us safe. And that's so great. And we can't ever forget that. Well, and, this, and the safe part, I think, is so huge. And, you know, one of the things that, um, so we're doing uh, as much work as we can around New Hampshire, these small towns, these great communities that we've got. And as you know, um, with our Newport Sunshine Initiative, we're now branching out and trying to share some of those best practices with other towns and communities in the state. Uh, namely, the three that we're moving toward now are Laconia, Rochester, and not all of Manchester, but beginning with the West Side. Right. And um, these are great communities that I think have huge potential for revitalization and, and uh, really increasing that, that positivity of, uh, of spirit. So I'm, I'm really kind of curious because you've been, as part of your campaign and then serving these communities, you've been out in so many of the small towns. And uh, and I just wonder if there are a couple of experiences out there you remember from being in a small town or two, or just the public spirit that you see in our New Hampshire communities that's so it's a really strong and uh, how we care about our state being so different and I think better <laughs> than so many other states. Yeah, out no, there. I, Jay, I think it is. 
I, I, I'm with you on this. I think it's, uh, it is better in the sense that I really found um, to the point we just talked about veterans, like the local mm -hmm. communities and the ceremonies and the work they do helping their veterans and neighbors helping neighbors. Uh, you know, j just the other day, I, a veteran who, whom I love is a wonderful man. And, you know, his neighbor brought him to an event we were at. And, you know, she, she's taken care of and helped him, young woman, um, you know, during the pandemic. And, you know, I think, I think that uh, that is really a special part about New Hampshire and especially uh, so many of our communities that, that, you know, neighbors help neighbors and we'll figure out a way to solve it and, and, and make sure that everyone's taken care of. I think that's the spirit um, that is so important to you know, to, to obviously Newport, uh, Laconia, anywhere in our state. But um, that, that to me is I know what's also embodied in your, your uh, Sunshine Project, which I'm so appreciative of. Well, you, you know, the, I think there's also an opportunity right here in New Hampshire now that um, is accentuated um, by the pandemic in the following way that I think people in major urban areas are beginning to reconsider where they really want to live. Right. And the option of living in places where you don't have to either be in the city or commute to the city because you've got an opportunity to work virtually uh, opens up all sorts of possibilities. And the pandemic and people being able to know that they can use Zoom and other tools to be part of an economy and have a great job. So the question becomes, where would you rather live? And right. I can't think of a better place to be than in a, a small town or a community, a city in New Hampshire, where you've got these, I mean, you get you got a safe environment, a wonderful place to live, uh, raise a family, and, um, and, and then be able to enjoy our great outdoors. And so you're absolutely right. And I think there's great economic opportunities. You know, as we think about economic development in New Hampshire, to really seize this moment uh, for, for our, our, basically our towns, our cities, and make sure um, that we let people know what New Hampshire has to offer and grow grow those communities like like you've been working on. Well, you know, and, and, and I think there's a way to do that where um, there are so many large companies uh, that need skilled, uh, trained people in various digital skills. Uh, and we've got you know, an incredible population here in New Hampshire. And if we can, 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 we can combine those companies with the training that we need and the populations right. in these towns, probably I suspect we're going to have people wanting to move here from some other places too. And we'll have to make sure we train them in the live free or die mentality yeah, as really, we do that. Yeah, um, that's really important, but you're right. I mean, it's about marrying the, the public private partnership on the education training and opportunities because you know that, that, that we are the private sector right now. They're so looking, whether it's a small business or a large business looking for, for skilled workers and, um, you know, we can, we have them in New Hampshire and just making sure that they have the opportunity and the training that they need to, to go into those jobs and working together, we can do that. Hey, you know, Kelly, one other thing I, I, I greatly admire about you is that even after the U.S. Senate, you're continuing to contribute in so many important ways. Um, you're, you're clearly very important in the, uh, in the business world right now, but you're also in, involved in so many important causes on a nonprofit basis. Um, and maybe just talk about that just for a minute, for a couple of minutes as we begin to wrap up here. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm really, I, I serve on the board of Veterans Count, which is a part of Easter Seals, and we serve veterans in New Hampshire, and then also with Swim with a Mission, 
Uh, yes. You know, Phil and Julie Tobb started, and I know you've been a big supporter of Swim with a Mission as well, but supporting our, our Navy SEALs and their families, and also Swim with a Mission is supporting so many veterans organizations um, in New Hampshire and really convening veterans groups together to make sure that no veteran is left behind. And so um, those are two that I serve on. And, you know, I also serve on my local uh, school board uh, for uh, the Catholic school that my kids go to. And oh, uh, I did not, I did not know that. That's they, actually, that's local is where it really happens. And, uh, that's awesome, Kelly. <laughs> and uh, cause I, I believe in our, you know, our local school there. And so I, I serve on, on that um, school's board. And so, you know, those are the things that I'm involved in. And I also serve on some national organizations that are really focusing on protecting our freedom and our rights, not only here um, in the United States, but around the world. Standing up for freedom is very important to me. Well, I, I don't think anybody could have said that better. Um, well, as, as we wrap up, I just, Kelly, I just want to say how honored and, and uh, we are to have you on American Sunshine and, and also just how blessed we are to have you as a leader here in the state of New Hampshire. And so thank you so much for spending this time with us on American Sunshine, the podcast, Kelly. It's been really awesome. Well, thanks, Jay. I just uh, love all you and Karen are doing. And, you know, we need more positivity and you're really spreading it. So thank <laughs> you so much. Okay. Stay positive. Great stuff, Kelly. Thank you so much.